This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian Colbert. Welcome, world, welcome to episode 19 of your favorite podcast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, episode 19 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for supporting. We appreciate you for being here today. We got a great show for y'all today. Director Lex is in the building. Shout out Director Lex. Making sure everything is running smoothly. We in the Out of Character Studios, man, and I'm so happy to be here with y'all today. And I was thinking over this past week, and I was like, man, it is really, really cool that I'm in media, right? That I'm a producer, that I do things like this podcast because it gives me an opportunity to talk about my child, talk about my son. Y'all know I have a son, right? And it gives me the opportunity to share embarrassing stories about him that hopefully live on forever. So when he's older, he can hear these stories and then we can just remember these things together. Because as you get older, sometimes you forget things, right? Sometimes you forget moments. But if I share it with y'all, if I share some of these moments with my son, with y'all, we'll never forget them, people. They'll be here forever. So that is what I am going to start the show off with today. An embarrassing story about my little man, my pride and joy. So as you know, the pandemic has hit us for the past year. And what has happened because of the pandemic, it has caused jobs, friends, relationships, and even schools to use Zoom a lot more often, which is very beneficial for me in regards to my son's school because he lives very far from where I live at currently. So being able to Zoom into events, being able to Zoom into important moments means the world to me because sometimes it's just not possible for me to fly out for every single thing. So I haven't really missed much at all. He started going to um, early childhood development, which is like the year before kindergarten, essentially preschool. And he started doing that um, for the past year. And I've, I've got to see a lot of dope things because of Zoom. I've got to be a part of a lot of dope things. And one thing that they decided to incorporate into the curriculum for the students, because a lot of times they understand that these kids are stuck at home. They're bored. They're not really able to go play on playgrounds because it hasn't really been safe until like lately, right? So one thing that his school decided to do, and let me tell you guys first, if you guys do not know, my son goes to an all black private school. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, my son found his way into an all black private school. And let me tell you guys, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier so that my son is surrounded by culture and people that understand him and that come from the same background as him. Shout out to Nelson Mandela, right? Because that's where my son goes. So Nelson Mandela decides to have this thing called a dance party where all the kids get on zoom from their cribs and they have like a little dj like an actual like one of the teachers djs i guess in his spare time so he'll come set his turntables up be on zoom with like a funny background and all the kids dance to the music he plays like he gives them a mix and everything like it's really really cool right and it's, it's happened once before and i was able to zoom in and i just thought it was the coolest thing ever so they happen to schedule one of these zoom dance parties during the time when i'm getting my dreads done and as anybody that has long hair knows that it takes a long time when you get your hair done but even though i was getting my dreads done even though i was in a salon full of women i said you know what i do not care i gotta tap in because one thing about my little man is he loves to cut a rug yes ladies and gentlemen my little man got the dance 
Steve, but he's always dancing, right? He loves music. He's obsessed with it. He's constantly watching music videos. He'd be more hip to songs and artists than I am already, already. He's only five years old, ladies and gentlemen. He's only five years old, but he is already in tune, man. He loves music. Music runs in our family, so I completely understand why he comes by, honestly. And ladies and gentlemen, he loves music. So I couldn't miss the dance party. I couldn't miss the dance party because I got to see my little man do his thing. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he is a star. He is a star. When it, when the lights are on, when the camera's on, oh, man, he turns up. And the last dance party, he went crazy. He had the disco lights on in his bedroom, man. He was doing backflips and doing all kind of crazy things for his friends. He was, the, he was the life of the party. Let me tell you guys, all the kids was watching him because he was going so hard. So I could not wait. Ladies and gentlemen, I could not wait to watch my little man in action once again. I was so excited, actually, that the ladies that were doing my hair, I told them, I said, guys, listen, I hope y'all don't mind. I don't have headphones. I am about to listen to my son's dance party, you know? I got to listen to him, man. It's my little dude. I love him to death, man. I can't wait to watch him, man. He's going to be hilarious. going to be great. Y'all got to tune in. So, like, I'm being, like, the proud dad, right? I'm making sure that they're looking while I'm watching as well, just so they can see the apple didn't fall far from the tree at all. Yes, he's a star just like his daddy. Yes, he's a star just like his daddy. I can't wait to show people that, right? So I'm excited. So the dance party starts, right? And I'm going to be honest. The first time the DJ was here, you know, this was this was deep in the pandemic. So the DJ was going crazy. But he, he started off a little lukewarm. He started off a little lukewarm with like a top 40 song that my son wasn't familiar with. My son listened to trap music. My son listened to hip hop. My son listened to sexy R&B, all right? Yes, this is a five-year-old, but hey, I can't help it. My man loves his music and he's very particular, right? So he hears this top 40s music and he's not really feeling. He's just kind of standing there, chilling. And I'm like, nah, nah, y'all chill, chill, watch. Like, he, he gonna turn up, like, the song whack. Like, he gonna turn up. Oh, they don't like this song, but all kids love this song. Well, not my son, all right? He has a particular taste in music. His palate is way too refined for this song that's playing right now, right? So I'm I'm defending little man, because like I said, I know he's about to get down. I can see it building up. My man got a gummy worm in his mouth. He's chewing a gummy worm. He's eating his gummy worm, right? My man is just ready. I can tell he's, the energy's building. The energy's building, and he's filling out the crowd, too. He's looking at his friends. He's looking at the young ladies in the crowd. You know, he goes to school with young ladies, you know what I'm saying? So he's peeping. I'm, I'm, I'm watching him watch everybody else and trying to just figure out the situation. Then the DJ picks it up just a little bit. He picks it up just a little bit and starts playing some familiar tunes that my son personally loves. So my son starts turning up. He starts turning up, ladies and gentlemen. He starts dancing. He starts getting in a vibe. He starts doing the little things that kids do. For some reason, when kids dance, it like is mixed with karate somehow. Like somehow, karate is always heavily involved when kids start to dance for the first time, right? Because they don't really have no moves. They don't know all that. They're doing the little things that they see on TikTok. They're doing the little things that they see on YouTube. They're doing the little things from the video games, right? All those little dancing things. So he got that in his arsenal. But he's also mixing in a ton of karate. So my little man is turning up. And his mom's there with him, right? So she's dancing with him. They're doing a nice little playful, joyful thing. But, I mean, this is like a heavy dance party. I think this lasted like 30, 45 minutes. So, you know, her, his mom doesn't want to, you know, cramp his style. So she decides to, you know, walk away and, and tend to other matters. She leaves the room and allows the little man to do his thing. Now, like I said, I'm on Zoom. Now, he knew I was on the Zoom, but... In the midst of the turn-up, sometimes you forget who's watching. Sometimes you forget who's there. Or maybe he didn't forget. Maybe he was very aware that I was there and just didn't care. But ladies and gentlemen, what he decided to do after his mother left, oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, I couldn't help but laugh. I couldn't help but laugh, ladies and gentlemen, because I didn't know what to do. I, I was in shock. I had no idea how to handle this situation. And sometimes, as a parent, you find yourself in these situations. And what makes these situations a lot funnier is when your kids do things that remind you of yourself. Where you're like, I could see myself doing that. 
because you can't really get mad at the child because you understand that they have come by this honestly even though they've maybe never seen you act this way it's in their dna somehow yes ladies and gentlemen that is the connection that a parent has to their child there's just there's just things the child will do that are exactly the same as what you did and i'm sure if you're listening right now you probably did some of the same stuff that your parents did and it's just the cycle ladies and gentlemen so let me continue my story so his mother leaves the room and he realizes that it's safe right he waits it out a couple minutes he lets the song in for some reason this dj was playing like the songs all the way through and like i don't know why you would do that in any situation but for kids like they lose their focus very fast so he was kind of just chilling right he was chilling so i believe because he was chilling maybe i was distracted for some reason i looked up or looked off and and wasn't paying attention all of a sudden i look back at my phone ladies and gentlemen i don't remember the song that was playing but i believe it was bruno mars and my son's favorite artist as a young like as a one or two year old i know it sounds crazy was bruno mars so a bruno mars song comes on i'm like oh man i gotta i gotta pay attention man i gotta look at my little man i look at my little that song plays his jam i'm sure he would call it his jam and this young brother rips his shirt off yes ladies and gentlemen yes i said it my young five-year-old child my seed my pride and joy my twin we call each other twin he rips his shirt off at a school function yes he's at home yes he's on zoom but this is technically a school function and he rips his shirt off and start doing moves that I can only assume he got from watching Chris Brown videos, ladies and gentlemen. My man was moving and gyrating his body in ways that I have never seen before. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he was ready. He was ready for that moment as if he had planned it out. These moves look choreographed. These moves looked planned out. I believe because he has a little mirror in his room because he loves looking at himself. Surprise, surprise, he loves looking at himself. I believe that in this mirror, he practiced these moves and said, ooh, I'm gonna kill him with these. I'm gonna kill him with these. And I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna be very, very honest. He did kill him. He did kill him. He killed him so well that the other little boys in his class followed suit. They began to take their shirts off as well. Now all the little boys in the class just got their shirts off and they doing all kind of crazy stuff. And, and I panic. I'm panic mode. I'm texting his mother right away. Mom, mom, you got to get him. You got to get him. Your son to rip the shirt off, man. He's gyrating. He's causing a chain reaction. You got to get your child. And she runs out and gets him immediately. Boy, put your shirt on. That's what I'm assuming she said to him. I'm sure she muted the Zoom before because I didn't really hear the scolding. But I could tell he got it good. And he puts his shirt on. But, but. What surprised me the most was after my son, the leader of the crew, put his shirt on, none of the other parents made their sons put their shirts on. So all of these little boys are now dancing with their shirts off while my son was forced to put his on because I snitched on him. And I didn't know. I thought I was doing the good dad thing. I was like, yo, get it. You, you going to be like, you don't say you acting crazy, man. We're going to get a letter. We're going to get an email. This, you know, they ain't play that. This is private school. I, I, I was on my phone. I swiped over to the teacher's little thing. She was cracking up. She thought it was hilarious. This is an administrator. She thought it was so funny. Which made me believe that this isn't the first occurrence. And the way my son so casually just ripped his shirt off made me believe that maybe he's doing this in class and like performing. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, like I said, I, 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 was, I was conflicted. Immediately, I told his mother, right? Immediately, I tried to correct the situation. But then when I looked back at it, I said, huh, 
all these other little friends were fine with it and the parents was cool oh it's all good it's all good and maybe that's just the time we're in now right maybe that is just what our generation of parenting is i did not know i had no idea if i would have known that this was pc that this was acceptable maybe i would have allowed it but i'm not completely sure but one thing i do know is that this is something i would have done at this this is something i would have done to entertain this is something i would have done to entertain my audience ladies and gentlemen because i cared about those things as a child much like he does he is all about the entertainment people he is all about putting smiles on faces and ladies and gentlemen let me tell you everybody enjoyed it everybody enjoyed the show and like i said so much so that they followed suit and then my anger or like not necessarily anger but my embarrassment my frustration turned into pride i was so proud of my little man i said look at him go look at that leader look at him he's so on point that his friends followed suit followed what he did and he is trendy my son my little man Ooh, I was so proud. So like, I just felt all of these emotions, but I feel like I had to share it with you guys because it was just another reminder of how much my little man is just like his dad. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I am perfectly fine with that. I am perfectly fine with him being in situations where he feel like he got to get a little sexy. He don't know he getting sexy. He's only five years old, but that was what it was. Let's call it what it is. My man had to get a little, a little sexy for him. Sometimes the people need that, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes the people need that. And son little man i love you when we're watching this you know 10 years from now bro i i hope you enjoy the story man because yes little man that is what you did yes you took your shirt off at a school function and danced like you've never danced before shout out to my little man man shout out to my little man and shout out to everybody listening man this is the out of character podcast episode 19 i am your host brian Colbert. my friends call me bc you can call me bc too if you're listening if you're listening we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for being here. And thank you guys for letting me start off the show just talking about my little man. Because let me tell you guys, it was hilarious. Like I said, I was in public. Like I said, I was in public. I was with the ladies doing my hair. So I was all kind of flustered. Because I'm like, guys, listen, this is not what we teach at home. This is not the thing. These are not the things I am instilling in my child. But at the end of the day, it was hilarious. And like I said, I was proud of little man. I was so proud of him for being a leader, for being somebody that his classmates and friends look up to. Shout out to my little man, bro. I can't wait to rehash these stories when you're older, brother. That's going to be so much fun, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot more to get into, though, man. We have to change pace. We have to move forward. I think I have to give you an out-of-character moment of the week a little early this episode because there's things I want to talk about and there's things I want to get into with this out-of-character moment. So, ladies and gentlemen, our guy, Usher, that guy ush ush makes headlines once again makes headlines once again ladies and gentlemen and this one is better than the last better than the last better than the last let me tell you every time usher makes headlines they do not disappoint they are always insightful and hilarious the things we learn about usher when he gets into these antics and ladies and gentlemen let me tell you the king got called out by a stripper yes ladies and gentlemen surprise surprise a stripper couldn't keep her mouth shut a stripper went to the media to tell a young king's business surprise surprise so i should go to a strip club i'm not sure where it's not important i'm assuming he's in atlanta and he's at a strip club and he decides to go about according to the ladies that were there people that were there he threw about 12 1500 
to the strippers. You know, light night for us. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure Usher got paper. Usher got stacks. Usher got bread. I'm sure he does. So much so that Usher has his own money. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is right. He has Usher bucks. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it correctly. Usher has his own currency. Now, I didn't know this, and I don't think the strippers knew it either, because after this $1,500 that he decided to throw, he decides to take a whole nother approach to viral marketing. He decides to start throwing dollar bills, 20s, 50s, 10s, with his face on it. Yes, they looked like 100s, but they actually had Usher's face on it where Benjamin Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he was throwing Ush Bucks in the club. And he got killed for it, ladies and gentlemen. People were calling him a thief. People were calling him cheap. People were calling him crazy. And ladies and gentlemen, I just don't understand why. You're Usher, right? You're Usher. If you can't throw bills with your face on it to women in need, then what can you do? If Usher can't do it, then who can, right? It's Usher. It's Usher. These are things we should allow our R&B legends to do. Oh my goodness. How smart of it was Usher to throw these bills and to make these bills with his face on it. Ush bucks, people. Ush bucks. I can't wait to invest in Ush bucks. I think they're going to become a hit, right? And Usher did something that I think a lot of men would do in that situation as well. If you have a big name, if you have a big face, sometimes... Your brand is more popular than anything. Ladies and gentlemen, if these strippers held on to these Ush Bucks and they sell them 20 years from now, I guarantee you they'll be worth way more than any Benjamin ever would. Usher is a genius, people. Usher is a genius. So much so that I truly think that this is a part of another album rollout. Because time and time again, we have gotten some of the most hilarious headlines from Usher. It never fails, people. This one was great. Do you guys remember when that 300-pound young lady, that young queen came out and said that Usher gave her herpes and she was suing him because he gave her herpes without her knowing? And, like, everybody went crazy and started body shaming the young lady? I think her name was, like, Patricia or something like that. Young queen, young queen. Yeah, she was, she was, she was substantial. She was substantial. Let me say, like I said, she was plus 300 at least, right? But we're not shaming that. We're not shaming that at all. I'm just painting the picture. I'm just telling the story for the people that are listening that didn't really know who this young Patricia lady was, right? She comes out and she says, not only is Usher a chubby chaser, but he is out here passing around herpes and I have proof. Usher, Usher. Yes, these are the type of stories that come out about Usher. Usher is the same guy that made an entire album about cheating, had his queen star in the album, and then later, it came out that he was actually cheating. That's Usher. Only Usher. Only Usher gives us these kind of stories, ladies and gentlemen. So I beg of you, don't judge Usher for throwing fake bills in the strip club. Don't judge Usher for allegedly allegedly giving out herpes to random women don't judge him for that do not judge usher for doing one of the craziest cheap moves i've ever seen in my life ladies and gentlemen but instead appreciate the entertainment value this brother brings not only 
did he make confessions, but he has continued to give us some of the greatest celebrity headlines we have ever gotten. And not once has he been canceled. Not once have we ever said we're not listening to a Usher song, ladies and gentlemen. That is how iconic, that is how legendary this brother is. So instead of judging him, let's let's throw flowers at his feet. Let's appreciate Usher for entertaining us, not only through his music, not only through his movies, but also through the way he lives his life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a testament to Usher. This is a shout out to Usher. Usher, if you're listening, because we know you're listening, bro. We know you're a fan out of character. Everybody is. Shout out to you, King. I like your style, King. I got to say that as well. I like your style. I can't wait to have OOC Bucks. I can't wait. We're working on it right now, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait to hit every strip club in the world and throw OOC Bucks. And y'all better not complain about it either. Because I'm not throwing y'all 1500 like Usher did. If I already have fake currency, I'm definitely not throwing real currency. I'm not wasting my time. I am throwing you guys the money I invested in creating. Because not like Usher just like made this for free. He invested money. These were These were nice bills. These were serious bills. You would not have been able to tell that these were fake unless you look closely. And then you realize, oh, that's a black man on there. That's not a slave owner. Oh, oh, is that Usher? Imagine the look on those strippers' faces, ladies and gentlemen. When they went back, you know, in the back of the room now, I, I, you know, not that I know strip clubs very well, but I assume they have a room in the back with a bunch of mirrors, with a bunch of lights. And in that room, they sit back and they probably count all the money, right? So imagine, you know, they're picking through the Benjamins and then out of nowhere, you see Usher. You see Usher's face on a bill. Imagine the look on these young ladies' faces when they realized Usher, because they probably thought they was coming up. Oh, Usher's in the club? The Prince of Pop and R&B is here? Oh, we coming up tonight? Oh, and he throwing them things. Oh, bills was everywhere. Bills was flying everywhere to the point where they had to bring out that broom. Like I said, I'm not too familiar with strip clubs, but I assume when there's a lot of money on the ground in strip clubs, they like use a broom to sweep it up. I just assume that'd be efficient. I don't know personally. I'm just saying I would assume. And imagine they bust that broom out and they feeling good because everybody get a cut. Even the DJ get a cut, so everybody feel good. DJ playing all the Usher songs. DJ playing all the Usher songs, right? He playing Love in His Club on repeat. It's looping. Because Usher is in here throwing bills. And then they get back and count that money and realize those is Usher bucks. Woo! Boy, the nerve of Usher to do something like that, let me tell you, that alone he should be celebrated for. Because, oh my goodness, only Usher could do such a thing. I mean, it's Usher. It's Usher. What else do you expect? So shout out to Usher, man. Shout out to Usher for doing something. And honestly, I think he set a trend. I think we're going to start seeing rappers and artists' faces on everything now, bro. Usher, once again you've done it once again you've done it man and you know what i'm supporting you people stop judging usher shout out to usher and you know what moving forward i have another person i would like to talk about that never fails to entertain with the things he tends to get into as well and i wanted to wait on talking about this it's actually been a couple weeks but i wanted to wait to make sure brother was able to bounce back on his feet right i i, I never want to talk about somebody losing their job too casually until i really know what's really going on until i know that this brother is going to be okay until i know that nobody's going on unemployment right because that's no fun for anybody nobody wants to celebrate that but now that the smoke's cleared now that we know he's okay i feel we got to talk about paul pierce ladies and gentlemen we got to talk about the paul pierce of the boston celtics those of y'all that do not know who Paul Pierce is, he's one of the most overrated basketball players to ever play the game. And I say that as a true Lakers fan. I'm sorry. I can't say anything good about you, Paul Pierce. You're a king, man. You're a brother. All good, man. I got number love for you. I met you before. You a cool dude. But 
If you're a Celtic, I ain't going to say nothing good about you on record. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. So we're going to move forward. Paul Pierce, ladies and gentlemen, is an NBA player, former NBA player, and was at the time an ESPN analyst. Now, Paul Pierce has been a part of some of the most hilarious hilarious moments on ESPN since he's been on because he just kind of seems like a punching bag even when he was in the NBA he always just did these things that just made you just crack up and be like what is going on Paul Pierce was stabbed before now that's not hilarious but it's still a wild story to hear of an NBA player being stabbed yes he spent his almost his entire career in Boston so like you kind of understand but like Paul Pierce has just been in some wild things and before I tell you this story about Paul Pierce I'm gonna tell you another story about Paul Pierce and why I do not mind laughing at his expense because I have family that is from Boston, that has lived in Boston their entire lives. And one of my aunties, my sister's godmother, used to drive limousines. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she used to get her hustle on and drive limousines all around Boston. And when you drive limousines around Boston, sometimes you pick up Patriots. Sometimes you pick up Bruins. Sometimes you pick up Boston Celtics. And back then, Paul Pierce was a young man, a teenager, a young, young man. And he was in her limousine showing his ass acting a fool he was partying there was strippers in there they were smoking it was turned up to the point where my aunt was like listen i know you were Celtic, but you never won me no championships you need to get out the limo yes ladies and gentlemen that was a direct quote yes ladies and gentlemen that happened and ever since i ever heard that story about him and it's how he wasn't very kind wasn't very nice to my aunt i haven't been fond of him and like i said not to mention he is a celtic so when things happen with paul pierce i have no choice but to laugh because it just reminds me of all the things i've come to know about the gentleman paul pierce so ladies and gentlemen a few weekends ago paul pierce was having what i would say is an eventful weekend very very fun filled weekend probably similar to the weekend he was having that time he was in my aunt's limousine paul priest is having a fun time and let me tell you he's probably doing what a lot of analysts across the country a lot of ex-nba players a lot of even ceos were doing across the country on that weekend they were turning up they were partying they were surrounded by women they were surrounded by drugs probably a lot of people right we assume that that happens quite a lot but the difference was on this particular weekend paul pierce decides to turn on his instagram live and what we see when we click on paul pierce's instagram live were strippers poker blunts and a lot of money being thrown yes ladies and gentlemen paul pierce was having himself a night yes ladies and gentlemen paul pierce was having a night similar to the night usher was having and paul pierce let me tell you he was showing out he was calling on this young lady named monica matter of fact why i don't want to tell you about monica let me let paul pierce tell you about monica what you doing? What's the Monica, you should be here. You can make some money, girl. Stop playing. Monica, what you doing? You guys throw some fucking chips, man. If you're in, L if you're in LA, come through. If you're in LA, Monica, come through. You know what I'm saying? Where's she at? Hey, hey, hey. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, as you can hear, as some of you can see, 
Paul Pierce was having himself a night. Was having himself a night. And honestly, it didn't seem like he was doing much wrong. I believe he was in LA, so that blunt he was smoking was legal, as far as I know. All the ladies looked of age. They seemed to have consent. But what happens when you work for a major corporation, when you are in the limelight, you cannot do things like that. Maybe when you're an NBA player, because there's people that are in positions to hide these things, to cover up the media stuff. But when you go on Instagram live, that's live, ladies and gentlemen. That is not going anywhere. And I have to assume that Paul Pierce knew this. I have to assume that before Paul Pierce clicked on that live, that there was an agenda, that there was a plan. Because I have never, never in my life seen a brother lose his job so effortlessly. I have never seen it before, and it was as if he didn't have a care in the world, ladies and gentlemen, because what happened the next day and the following day, I think it was like two or three days after, everybody was saying, oh, he's going to lose his job, ESPN don't play that, Disney owns ESPN, they are not doing that, Paul Pierce is out. And I don't disagree with that. When I read that, when I saw his eye, I said, okay, his time at ESPN is probably up. But then I got to thinking, as somebody that works in media, as somebody that has been stuck in a contract that I could not wait to get out of. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know, when you work in media, a lot of times you have to sign contracts saying that you will work there for a particular amount of time, saying that you will not work for a competitor, saying that you will not do certain things like maybe start your own show or start your own sports brand because you work for this particular company. It's very, very normal. It happens to all of us when we're in media. And sometimes you're in contracts that you just hate. Sometimes you sign a contract because that bag look good and you don't really realize the implications of that action. And when I looked at this situation, because I know for a fact, Paul Pierce is not, regardless of what people say, Paul Pierce is bright. Paul Pierce is very, very smart. I know I said he was overrated, but he was a very great basketball player, a Hall of Fame basketball player. This guy is a businessman and he's locked in. There is nothing that suggests that Paul Pierce is not an intelligent brother. So when I saw this happen, I said, oh, Paul Pierce got the cheat code. Because what he did, ladies and gentlemen, was he forced a company's hand and got out of a contract that I believe he had to serve for like another NBA season. Now, you might say, BC, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you risk your job like that? Why would you do that? Because controversy sells in media, ladies and gentlemen. You see it when you turn on CNN. You see it when you turn on Fox. You saw it through this entire election process. People cannot get enough of a shit show. That's just the honest truth. That is the honest truth. That is what news has been built upon. Is give them the madness. Give them the negativity. Give them the craziness. And when Paul Pierce turned on that Instagram live and showed out, and called for Monica to come make some money, when he lit that blunt and smoked it, he became worth a lot more money than what he was when he was at ESPN. And that's just a true fact. And I fully believe that Paul Pierce knows this and that this was a tactic to get out of his contract. The minute I saw this, I said, oh, the bad coming. I was with coworkers at the time. And of course, you know, Let's just say they didn't look like me. They were judging him right away. They were judging him right away. Oh, what an idiot. How could you do something like that? Oh, my gosh, man. You're oh, so dumb, blah, blah. And I said, oh, do you guys not know the bag that is coming to him? 
do you guys not know that TNT inside the NBA will hire this brother just so Shaq, Charles, D. Wade, and Kenny can roast him every chance they get? Do you not know that that's must-see TV? That is must-see TV, ladies and gentlemen. And I just knew it. I said, the bag's coming. The bag's coming. And what happened the moment Paul Pierce was let go from ESPN and let out of his contract? Oh, the calls came. The calls came. I can't even imagine the calls that were coming to his phone. But there was one. There was one that was very, very public. There was one that was very, very public. And it was a porno site. A porno site reached out to Paul Pierce publicly. I'm not going to say the porno site's name because I'm not giving them no free publicity. Porno sites, I know you have a lot of money. If you want to do business, call your boy. This porno site reached out to Paul Pierce and said, we'd love to hire you, Paul Pierce. We would love for you to be our first ever NBA analyst. We'd love that, Paul Pierce. We would love for you once a week to come on a live stream from our website and talk NBA while you are surrounded by ass and tits. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, they offered to allow him to talk basketball while being surrounded by strippers. And they were probably providing the ones too. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, not even a day after losing his job, this king found a way to turn his brand to something where he can and they offered him a substantial amount of money i believe it was like two hundred fifty thousand dollars for one day a week work that is the bag ladies and gentlemen we should be honoring this king as well like i said now i'm a fan of paul pierce i was honest with you guys about how i felt about him clearly i have no reason to defend this brother but let me tell you what he did was genius because what happens we've talked about leverage before on this show we've talked about leverage before and how these companies feel that they own us and have leverage over us you do whatever the hell you do to get out of that bad contract if you in one if you're listening right now you do whatever you have to do i do not care what it is and yes, people will say, oh, well, you signed the contract. Oh, well, you're blah, blah. You're obligated. That's your word, blah, blah. Nah, forget that. Because sometimes people are in situations and then their hard work, their drive, their talent proves that they're worth a lot more. And the minute you're able to prove your worth, you better get after that. And I'm sure there was plenty of conversations behind closed doors where Paul Pierce was asking for certain things, trying to get money, or just asking maybe for a little bit of respect. They've had whole segments roasting him. Whole segments that were at his expense. This is a grown man still. It's an NBA athlete. This is a competitor. He could take all that in stride, but at the end of the day, you better be giving me that bag if I'm going to be sitting here being laughed at, being memed all the time. So when I saw this move, I said, oh, Paul Pierce is on to something. He's doing something. He is forcing their hand. He has the leverage now. Because he knew the minute he was let out of that contract, the money was going to come in. And he took advantage of the system. We're always being taken advantage of. So what's wrong with that? We are constantly being taken advantage of in this world. So to see a brother come up in that sort of way, ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, this episode is all about perspective. These are things that these brothers were getting bashed for and slandered for and teased for. But if you really look, if you really look at it to me, it looks like kings coming up. It looks like kings that understand how much this world loves chaos. And maybe it's not the morally right thing to do. 
But at the end of the day, they getting after that bag. So ask yourself why you're judging these young men. Did you get after that bag the same way? I had to ask myself the same thing. And when I looked at it, I said, oh, shout out Paul Pierce. Shout out to Paul Pierce for knowing his worth and getting out of a bad contract. Because that is what that moment was to me, people. And I hope y'all see that as well. I hope y'all see that. I hope y'all see this Usher situation and decide, you know what, on this day, while I'm listening to the Out of Character Podcast, episode 19, hosted by Brian Coleman, my friends call me BC, you call me BC too. I hope while you're listening, you decide to honor these kings instead of just because we're so quick to judge people we are so quick to judge each and every body that we don't take the time to celebrate the kings while they're there because god forbid something happens to usher god forbid something happens to paul pierce we will remember all of these hilarious antics and wish they were still around to give us more so ladies and gentlemen like i said don't judge don't be too quick to judge. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 19 of the Out of Character Podcast. As I told you before, I'm honored. I'm honored to be your host. My name is Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Now, I feel like I was starting the show off with like bad news and negative things for a while. So I wanted to give you guys, you know, a little more fun, a little more levity. But... Before we go, before we end the show, I do have to still talk about what's going on, right? I still have to talk to the people about what is going down. And once again, once again, a black man was killed violently because, yes, anytime somebody is shot, it is a violent crime. I don't care what the circumstance is. If somebody is shot and murdered, that is a violent crime. And once again, an innocent black man was murdered in the street, was taken from his child, was taken from his mother and all of his loved ones and friends. They didn't do nothing wrong. It's called a mistake. That's what they're calling it. They're calling it an accident, a mistake. Not even a lapse of judgment because that's it wasn't a lapse of judgment. This is being called a mistake and being defended. Because it was, quote-unquote, a mistake. So let me tell you what happened. So a member of the Brooklyn Police Department, a white woman named Kim Porter, pulls over a black man named Dante Wright because he has expired tags, what should be a routine traffic stop, right? And what happens when they pull him over, which for some reason happens a lot when black and brown people are accosted by the police is things escalated for whatever reason things escalated quickly and they had decided to remove Dante out of his vehicle for whatever reason like I said he just had expired tags I I believe he had a warrant out for his arrest which sounds crazy when you don't know what that really means right if you don't go to court for a parking ticket you technically have a warrant out for your arrest that could have been you couldn't go to make it to court because your kid was sick or because you couldn't get off of work or because you never got the paperwork in the mail that gave you all your court information or you just forgot or whatever. Life happens sometimes, right? So that is 
you could do something like that. Just forget your court date and you'll have a warrant out for your arrest. And that's what Dante did. He missed his court date. So he had a warrant out for his arrest, which they'll say that and make it sound way uglier than this. So I just wanted to put that into context. So because he has this warrant allegedly, and I'm saying allegedly because we really don't know all of the facts about this, but we have been told that he allegedly had a warrant. So because of this warrant, they decided to take him out of his car and try to handcuff him. And during the video, you can hear him saying like, yo, I didn't do anything. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, yo, why are you like taking me to jail? And if you've really never done anything wrong and you've never been to jail before, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. We are seeing videos all the time of people not even making it to the police station when they put, are put in these cuffs. So you can hear him, he's scared. He's scared, so what he begins to do is he tries to like just get away and sit back in his car and like just get in the safety of his car. Maybe not the smartest move, but he's scared. He wants to save himself because he knows his life is in danger because of the way they are handling him, because of the way they are talking to him, because of what we have seen continuously from police. So he tries to get back in his car and he's sitting in his car. He's not reaching for any weapons. He is not threatening any officers. And this police officer, Kim Porter, this woman that I believe served on police force for 26 years, a 26 year veteran. The crazy part is she was actually there because she was training the two police officers that were apprehending Dante. She was training them. That is her job is to prepare the future of our police force in Brooklyn to have them ready to go to be on the streets and police citizens. That is her job. Now, in the video, she is saying taser, 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 taser. As if she believes in her hand is a taser. But it's very obvious in the video that she is holding her gun, her handgun. Her Brooklyn-issued handgun. She's holding that. And she says, taser, 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 taser. And then pulls the trigger. But it wasn't a taser that she shot. It was a gun, like I said. And it killed Dante. Over expired tags. And her excuse, ladies and gentlemen, was that she thought she was holding her taser. 26 year police veteran 26 years on the job how many times do you think she's picked up her gun how many times do you think she's picked up that taser how many times do you think she shot her taser in 26 years I told you she trains young officers right that's her job so which means that she probably has to show people how to clean their weapon, how to maneuver their weapon, where to place their weapon, how to holster their weapon, how to tase somebody correctly. That is her job. She trains people on these things. And her excuse for taking this young man's life was that she thought she was holding her taser. Ladies and gentlemen, a police taser weighs eight ounces eight ounces not even a pound it's not even a pound a police gun the type of gun that she was issued weighs two pounds a little over two pounds if you want to do that in ounces for my math people 
that's 32 ounces a taser is eight ounces a pistol is 32 ounces or more so even without your 26 years of experience even without being a certified training professional in the police field this woman couldn't tell the difference between eight ounces and 32 or more to somebody that has been sworn to protect our kids our parents us our homes our property people like this are constantly put in positions of authority and her best excuse was that she thought she was holding her taser that's what his parents had to hear as an excuse when his family when his child asked why is it my daddy here the reason and the response the truth is supposed to be oh a police officer thought she was shooting a taser an eight ounce taser but instead she was holding a 32 ounce pistol the difference between plastic and steel what we have to stop allowing in this country are cowards in our police force because if this is true which i don't think so at all but let's just say it's true to give her the benefit of the doubt if this is true her fear overpowered her so much to the point that she didn't even notice the difference in weight the difference in feel also ladies and gentlemen all police officers tasers go on the right side all of their pistols go on the left side two very distinctive sides it doesn't switch it is on the same place it has been in the same position for her 26 years on the force so if this is true she was so terrified of a harmless young black king that she acted and panicked as if her life was in danger when if you watch the video nobody was in danger but the young man being assaulted by these officers and the reason we get is oh i couldn't tell the difference i thought i had my taser in my hand these are the kind of reasons we continue to get and these are reasons that are used in the court of law to defend people now i will say brooklyn is has charged her she has been charged with second degree murder rightfully so but there are plenty of people defending this woman her boss said it was an honest mistake i'm sorry but i'm tired of hearing how these cops are able to make mistake after mistake you are not working at wendy's this is not somebody's order that you're up these are lives at stake these are human beings that are being taken from their families. And I still don't see nothing being done. 
I don't see any type of legislation being passed forcing the police force to change everything through their training, through the way that they are structured. We haven't seen anything. All we've gotten is excuses and more proof that the cops are the biggest gang in the world. They are the biggest fraternity in the world and that they will look out for each other no matter what. And that the government really can't do anything about it because we need the cops, right? We need the police force, right? You know how important it is for a politician to have the police force backing him? It can make or break elections, whether that's senators, whether that's mayors, whether that's presidents. So what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that these government officials, these politicians, if they don't do right by the police, they might not have jobs. They might not have futures in their field. So how could we expect anything to change if that's what's at stake? You think powerful people, you think politicians are going to give up their power? You think they're going to give up their jobs for a young black man? For a family that's devastated and crying? They don't care about that. And that's why we don't see changes. But the best thing I can do is talk to you all about it, educate you all, and beg that you all pray for the family. Donate if you can. Help out any way you can. And like I said, just give good energy and good vibes to Dante Wright's family. Because I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine not being able to do anything because they're cops. Having to sit and hear this. Having to sit and see this on the news every single day. Having to watch that video. The video footage is out there. They can see their son get murdered. They can see their grandchild's father get murdered. That's there. That ain't going nowhere. And the excuse we got was I thought I had my taser in my hand. It's sick, ladies and gentlemen. It's nasty. It's sick. But like I said, I tell you this not to be somber, but to ask you to send good energy, prayers, and love to his family. Like I said, he has a child. And like I said, I just wanted to send good energy right over there and also talk about it because... Sometimes we don't hear all the facts. We don't hear all the truths. And I don't I don't think a lot of people knew that she was in the force 26 years. So, like, you know, sometimes we have to talk about these things. You know, we like having fun and out of character, but we're always going to talk about the people because I love the people. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 19 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too, if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for sticking around with us. Ladies and gentlemen, we are almost done. But I got to tell you one more story. I got to tell you one more thing that happened to me this past week that I just thought was hilarious. So, ladies and gentlemen, as you guys, if you guys listened to the last episode, I mentioned the young young man named Chet Hanks. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who Chet Hanks is, that is Tom Hanks' son. Yes, that is Forrest Gump's son, ladies and gentlemen, Chet Hanks. Chetty Hanks. And I told you guys how Chet Hanks had all this posture, all this bravado, and got online and said, oh, it's a white boy summer. I can feel it. I don't know why I can feel it, but I can feel it. It's a white boy summer. It's what he said, ladies and gentlemen. And immediately I asked, what would give Forrest Gump's son the audacity to have this much confidence, to speak in such a way? To claim that it's going to be a white boy summer? What would make him think that? 
What would make him think that? And I mentioned it on the show. We talked about it. And sometimes when I talk about things on the show, they just happen to just appear again. They just happen to develop right in front of my very eyes. And what happened, ladies and gentlemen, was quite surprising, actually. I have a lot of homegirls. I have a lot of female friends. And I follow them on social media and Instagram. And a lot of times, my female friends, especially lately, they outside. You see them all. They're all screaming. They're all yelling. We outside. We outside. We outside. And one of my particular homegirls is coming out of an eight-year relationship. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, eight years. And she is young. So that means from her early years of college to this point in life, she was with the same man. But it ended. It ended, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not sure it will ever be repaired because this whole year, she has dedicated her life to the streets. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend's name is Francesca. And yes, Francesca has dedicated her life to the streets. Not saying that she is out here being promiscuous. I would never say that. All she is doing is trying to learn about herself. She is trying to grow. She is trying to spread her wings because eight years out the game. Ladies and gentlemen, the streets have changed. And through stories, through me viewing Instagram and things like that from looking from afar. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, she is learning a ton about the streets. She is learning a lot about the streets. And every, every weekend, I can I know I can go to her story and see something epic, see something crazy. And like I said, I know she is just getting out of an eight-year relationship. So these things I'm seeing, I know she couldn't wait to get this shit out. This ain't just pandemic freak. This is eight years bottled up in the same born relationship freak. Eight years, she got to get that eight-year freak out, right? And that is what she's doing. So, like most weekends, her story pops up when I wake up and I click on it. Click through, see a bunch of wild activity. But the last post she had on her story, the last post. Now, I'm not completely sure where she was at, ladies and gentlemen, but I know she was in L.A. I know she was in Hollywood. And I know that she was in a beautiful, beautiful hotel. So beautiful that it was like a sky rise that had like that infinity pool and like the infinity pool looks over like the cities and like the mountains and stuff you know we've seen it in the movies right she was in one of these bad boys yes ladies and gentlemen the ambiance the views the vibes were elite were elite and while i'm watching these stories and looking at this beautiful pool a post pops up of her and it's a selfie and then in the corner comes a familiar face up behind her much like you would see like a couple's video right where like the guy pops up out the water and it's like behind the woman and just to let y'all know yo this me right here i know she's on the story i know she's getting her selfies off but i'm right here so this happened and like i said it was a familiar face ladies and gentlemen and guess who it was that's right you guessed it it was chet hanks himself yes ladies and gentlemen chet hanks was having a lovely night with my homegirl that is, like I said, embracing the streets. And then it all made sense to me, ladies and gentlemen. It all made sense to me, ladies and gentlemen. She was the reason. She was the reason for all of this posture. She might possibly be the reason that white boy summer is even a thing. Who knows the kind of pillow talk they had, ladies and gentlemen. Who knows the things she said to get him to put her in his infinity pool, ladies and gentlemen. She might have said, you know what, Chet? You know what? Fuck it. It's white boy summer, Chet. You go on with your bad self. Is what I'm assuming my homegirl said to this brother. 
So I reached out to her. I said, what is this? Is that Chet Hanks? I had to make sure. I had to make sure it wasn't a doppelganger. And she responded, ha ha. Yep. And that ha ha yep was all I needed to know. I didn't need to ask any further. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Francesca is responsible for the terror that has become Chet Hanks. But I do not tell you this story to shit on my homegirl, Franny. I would never do that. Franny's good, peoples. And like I said, she's going by things the right way. She's been in a relationship for eight years. I tell you this story because I wanted to introduce Francesca to my out-of-character family. Because I have begged Francesca to come on the show multiple times. But what I've noticed, especially with my female friends, is they're a little reluctant to come on here and tell their business. And especially her, because like I said, she don't want to ruin the streets. She enjoying the streets right now. So I can't have her on the show and let one of these young brothers hear one of these outlandish stories. So what I decided to do, ladies and gentlemen, was I decided... Because I hear it all the time. Brian, why don't you have more girls on the show? Why don't you have a woman's perspective on the show? Oh, you just skew male. And honestly, I take offense to that. As somebody that considers themselves a devoted feminist. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I consider myself a devoted feminist. As somebody that considers himself a devoted feminist, I take offense that you think I would make a platform that only skews male that is not equal to both genders. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I will do from here on out is I will slowly update you on my friend Franny. I will slowly update you on her endeavors and her journey to find herself as an independent young queen. No, she is not comfortable sharing her story with you all herself. So, I, by proxy, promise to tell this young queen's story, this young queen's rebirth into the streets into the single life i will share her story with you all so that not only she can feel liberated but all of you young queens out there listening that are going through the same thing y'all can feel liberated as well yes ladies and gentlemen i will update you guys on franny as much as i can and like i said she bagging chet hanks so best believe some of these stories I have are incredible and I'll just sprinkle them in. I'll sprinkle them in every now and then when I see fit because I don't think she's giving up these streets anytime soon. So I am sure we are going to have plenty to talk about. Shout out my homegirl, Francesca. Shout out Franny. Even though we got a little beef because you maybe started one of like the nastiest hashtags ever, which is white boy summer. But we're not talking about that right now. We're here to celebrate Franny, and that's what we will do from here on out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Character Podcast, episode 19. 19 episodes, baby, we're almost at 20. Episode 19 of the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC, too, if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate you for sticking with us through this journey, ladies and gentlemen. And we are at the end of the road. We are at the end of the road. And like I always like to do, I like to leave y'all with a little bit of words of inspiration. And today, what's on my heart to talk to you all about is fighting. And that's not physically fight. That's not physically fighting or trying to hurt somebody or like putting yourself in harm's way. That's not what I'm talking about when I say fighting. When I say fighting, that is me recognizing that each and every single person listening to this, each and every person that exists is going through some type of fight. 
is going through some type of struggle. Whether you see it, whether you realize it, whether they post about it, I guarantee you, if you are struggling, your neighbor is struggling and that neighbor is struggling. Everybody has their own form of a struggle. Now, it may not seem that everybody's struggle is as heavy as yours. There are times in life when things just seem like they just cannot go right. Where you just cannot catch a break. When things just do not seem fair. And you look around and you see others around you and you ask yourself, man, why, why, do, why don't they got it as bad? Why me? Why is all this stuff happening to me? What, what, what's going on? What is up? What did I do to deserve this? Why isn't Fred? Why isn't Frank? Why are these people going through this? But when you have those moments, because everybody has those moments because we're human. And because, like I said, everybody struggles. So everybody has had that moment. If you haven't, you're lying to yourself. You've had that thought. You've had that moment. And a lot of times when we're going through struggles, we question a lot of things. But when you begin to question yourself, when you begin to question maybe God, you begin to question the universe or any higher power and try to figure out why are these things happening to me? It's because you're equipped to handle it. It's because life has already given you the tools to be a fighter. And like I said, not everybody's fight is the same. Not everybody's struggle is the same. But your struggle, I guarantee you, you have been equipped with the tools to handle that struggle. Because God does not put anything in front of us that we cannot handle, that we are not prepared for. So ladies and gentlemen, when I bring up the word fight, I say that because I want you to keep fighting. I want you to keep going. If you are listening to my words right now, know that you are strong enough to keep going. You're strong enough to beat this battle. And you better believe you're strong enough to beat this battle because this is the last one. We are going to go through battles and struggle for the rest of our lives. Not because God is cruel. Not because bad people are in this world. But because in order to really achieve blessings, in order to really achieve greatness... In order to really feel divinity, there has to be struggle. There has to be struggle. Ask yourself anything that was ever worth it, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your career, whether it was a sport, whether it was a friendship, anything that was really worth it was not easy. <laughs> you had to fight for it. You had to fight for it. You had to work hard for it. So why wouldn't life be like that? Why wouldn't we have to struggle to achieve our blessing? Why wouldn't there have to be dark days for us to see the light? Everybody's going through something, ladies and gentlemen. And that doesn't diminish your problems at all. But what it does do or what it should do is give you solace in the fact that you are not in this fight alone. And that if so-and-so can make it out of their fight, then so can you. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you have been equipped with the tools to make it through any struggle, any hardship that life puts in front of you. And that's not me just saying that. That's from God himself. That's in the good book. That's in a ton of different books, whatever you believe in. We have been given the tools to keep on fighting. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to my voice right now, all I ask of you is keep fighting. Don't give up. Keep fighting because there's always 
light at the end of the tunnel. As cliche as that is, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you there was always light at the end of the tunnel. And I promise you, once you make it through this battle, there'll be greener pastures. And I could almost promise you that there'll be other battles ahead too. But you're equipped for those as well. You're equipped for those as well. So when you get to questioning yourself, ladies and gentlemen, don't do it because you have the tools. Because you have the tools, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 19 of the Out of Character Podcast. I am your host, Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You could call me BC too if you're listening. And if you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. Let me know I love you. The Out of Character team loves you. Director Lex loves you. Thank y'all so much for being here on this journey with us. And as always, God bless.